Hello everyone, welcome to Sabbath School Gems, where each week we showcase key concepts from this week's Seventh-day Adventist Sabbath School lesson. Hello everyone, and welcome to a Sabbath School Gems end of quarter bonus, and this time we have something really special. We have a video, and if you go to the Sabbath School Gems YouTube channel, you can see it. It's titled, The Mount Sinai Encounters. Now, I know that we're just finishing up the book of Deuteronomy, but to really understand the book of Deuteronomy, you really have to go back and understand what happened in Exodus. And I think this video will really shed a lot of light on it, on what actually happened. How many times did Moses go up to the mountain to meet with the Lord? Do you know the answer to that question? Well, that and others will be answered in this video. I think you'll find it entertaining as well. It's called the Mount Sinai Encounters, and it is on our Sabbath School Gems YouTube channel. So please go to the Sabbath School Gems YouTube channel to view this video, the Mount Sinai Encounters. And for those of you who really like to listen to podcasts or listening to this on the move, we're going to play the audio here. But I really encourage you sometime to go and watch the video because there's a lot of graphics that I think will just help reinforce the story. But we will present the audio here right now. The Mount Sinai Encounters. There are six distinct encounters that Moses had with the Lord on Mount Sinai as recorded in Exodus. The following describes all six encounters and the events surrounding them. Journey from Egypt, Introduction. We start with Moses leading the children of Israel out of Egypt, and eventually they come to the wilderness of Sinai, where they set up camp near Mount Sinai. And that's on the 15th day of the third month. That's exactly two months to the day after the Exodus. The proposal, covenant introduced. The first encounter. It seems almost immediately Moses goes up to the top of Mount Sinai and the Lord meets with him there. And he says, tell the children of Israel, you have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I bore you on eagle's wings and brought you to myself. He announces that he is the God that led them out and he wants them to see his power and his love for them, that he brought them out to bring them to himself. Before he even asks anything or proposes anything, he wants them to know that he is that powerful God and how much he loves them. Then he says, Now therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be a special treasure to me above all peoples, a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. This is the essence of the covenant. Moses goes back down the mountain. He calls the elders and he tells them what the Lord had said. And the whole assembly is in favor of this. And they say all that the Lord has spoken, we will do. The invitation announcing the big day, the second encounter. This is the second time Moses goes up the mountain. And the Lord meets with him there. And he tells the Lord that the people are in favor of this. And so 
the Lord says, Behold, I come to you in the thick cloud, that the people may hear when I speak with you and believe you forever. He's going to come with a big fanfare. And the reason is so that the people will hear and they'll believe and they'll remember this great day. And then he tells them when it's going to be. He says, consecrate the people today and tomorrow and let them be ready for the third day. Because on the third day, the Lord will come down upon Mount Sinai in the sight of all the people. But he says to set bounds for the people, saying, do not go up the mountain or touch its base. They're not to get too close to the mountain. So Moses goes back down and he relays that information. And they wash their clothes and get ready for that third day. Great day of the assembly, the covenant revealed, the third encounter. So the morning of the third day, thunder is heard coming from the mountain and lightning and a thick cloud is on the mountain. And the sound of a trumpet was very loud. It was so loud that people trembled. Nevertheless, Moses leads them to the base of the mountain. Now Mount Sinai was completely in smoke because the Lord descended upon it in fire. In fact, it says the smoke ascended like the smoke of a furnace and the mountain quaked violently. And when the blast of the trumpet sounded long and became louder and louder, Moses spoke and God answered him by voice. And the Lord called Moses up to the top of the mountain. And when he was up there, the Lord spoke. And then the Lord said, get down and warn the people, lest they break through to gaze at the Lord and many of them perish. He, they were getting too close to the barrier. They were getting too close to the mountain. And God didn't want this day, this day of his great announcement to end in tragedy. Moses replies with disbelief. He says, the people can't come up, for you warned us. And, and I told them, and they said they won't come up. And the Lord says, away, get down, and then come up, you and Aaron with you. But do not let the priests and the people break through. It seemed like even Aaron's sons were not consecrated or were ready to be in risk of perishing that day. Yes, the Lord did not want that big day of his big reveal. It's like the time of a marriage proposal when you're ready to pop the question. He didn't want that to day to turn into a day of mourning and tragedy and death. So Moses gets down. And he speaks to the people. And it's not clear what he spoke. But what is clear is what God spoke. And the Lord said in the hearing of all the people, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Again, he is defining who he is, that he is that great God that delivered them. And then he speaks what we consider the traditional Ten Commandments. He starts with having no other gods before him, no carved images. And then he says, do not take the name of the Lord in vain, to remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy, to honor father and mother, do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not bear false witness and do not covet what is your neighbor's. Now the people tremble 
and they are fearful. They had just heard the words of the Lord. In fact, they're so afraid they didn't want to hear anymore, fearing for their life. And they told Moses, you speak with us, but don't let God speak with us lest we die. And Moses tries to calm them. He tries to tell them that God is only trying to test them so they won't sin. But they don't want to hear anymore. It's curious how often people today want to stop right at that same point. Now what happens in Exodus, it says that the people backed away and Moses drew back up into the thick cloud. In Deuteronomy, it says that the Lord told Moses to tell the people to return to the camp, but that Moses was to remain there. So whether they went all the way back to the camp or not, what is clear is that the Lord was not finished with what he had to say. In fact, he had barely gotten started. He wanted the people there, but was interrupted because they were at risk of breaching and getting too close to the mountain. But he wants to speak more that day. And so Moses goes back up the mountain. And when he's up there, the Lord speaks again. And he says that he heard what the people had said, and he is disappointed. He says, oh, that they had such a heart in them that they would fear me and keep all my commandments today. And then he speaks to Moses and says, Thus you shall say to the children of Israel, You have seen that I have talked with you from heaven. He wants them to hear the words that will bring good things for them. You shall not make any gods of silver or gods of gold. And this is a... This is a distinction from the worship that they had in Egypt where they made physical representation of their gods. And then he describes the laws of altars, that they should be out of earth, that they shouldn't be if they're made of stone, made out of hewn stone, and that they should be movable in every place where I record my name, it says to make these altars, and they shouldn't be elevated by steps. And then he describes what are called judgments. And these are how his kingdom of priests and a holy nation is supposed to operate. And it also describes the cases involving, say, two parties when a judgment has to be made and what type of punishment is appropriate. He starts with Hebrew servants that they should be released after seven years and how the female servants should be treated with respect. He explains in more depth, some of the topics that he had just presented earlier. What it does it mean to honor your father and your mother? Even if you strike them or curse them, you are to be punished by death. And what is murder and the difference between murder and accidental manslaughter? And what to do in cases of injury or theft? And how to treat the poor and disadvantaged? And to not pervert justice, for God is a God of justice. And it should not be perverted by taking bribes or bearing false witness. And then ritualistic purity by not eating meat torn by beasts. He then goes on to describe the Sabbaths. These are special sacred meeting times or moeds 
These are his appointment times that he has set. First of all, he says to rest the land every seven years. They're not to sow or harvest, that the poor shall eat. And then to rest on the seventh day of the week and not do any work, that they're not to have any other gods, and that they're to keep the three feasts, the three annual feasts, the Feast of Unleavened Bread that starts right before the harvest, the Feast of first fruits that starts at the harvest of the wheat harvest, and the Feast of Ingathering that is at the very end after the harvest has been completed. And then he says, the blood of my sacrifice shall not be with, served with leavened bread, and that no fat of my sacrifice should be left until morning. Which sacrifices he's talking about, we'll see later. This is talking about the Passover. And we know the Passover is served at the time of unleavened bread and also that the instruction was not to let any of it remain till morning. You're to bring their first fruits to the house of the Lord and not to boil a kid in its mother's milk. Kind of a mystery item, but one that's important nonetheless. And then he discusses the covenant promises. He says, my angel will bring you into the promised land and you are to obey his voice for my name is in him. The enemies will be driven out, and you're not to bow to any of their gods or serve any of the, their gods in the land that he's going to bring them. And he says, your water and your bread will be sure. There'll be no sickness among you, no miscarriage or barren among you, and your number of days will be fulfilled. So the Lord is going to take care of them. This is what he's promising. And then He's to come up again. He's to come up next time with Aaron and his two sons and 70 of the elders. So Moses goes down the mountain. And he tells the people what the Lord had said that day. He speaks to them all the words of the Lord. That's the Dabar, Yehovah, and the judgments. Are they two separate things? Perhaps. And then the people respond, all that the Lord has spoken, we will do. And he writes the Dabar, Yehovah, the words of the Lord, in a book, in the book of the covenant. Ratification ceremony, covenant confirmed. The very next morning after that great day of the assembly, Moses builds an altar at the base of the mountain. And he sets up 12 pillars representing the 12 tribes of Israel. He calls young men to offer sacrifices. And he takes the blood of those sacrifices and he puts half of it in basins and half he sprinkles on the altar. He then reads from that book, the book of the covenant in the hearing of all the people. And they respond, all that the Lord has said we will do and be obedient. So Moses takes the blood from the basins, pours it and sprinkles it on the people and says, this is the blood of the covenant that the Lord has made with you according to all these words. Tabernacle instructions, covenant tablets. This is the fourth encounter. Now remember that the Lord had told Moses to come the next time with just with Aaron and his sons and the 70 elders. 
So they come out and they worship from afar. And while they're worshiping, they see a vision. It says they saw the God of Israel, and there was under his feet, as it were, a paved work of sapphire stone, and it was like the very heavens in its clarity. Now they're not to go up the mountain, and it says that they ate and they drank. But Moses was called up. The Lord said, come up to me on the mountain and stay there, and I will give you tablets of stone and the law and commandments, which I have written that you may teach them. And in the Hebrew, it says tablets of stone, law, which is Torah, mitzvah, which is commandments, which written teach. And we'll see that these tables are going to be tables of the testimony, tables of that covenant that was just ratified. And you can see how it says that he's going to stay on this mountain. And we'll see that he's going to give Moses a lot of details that about the tabernacle that are going to have to be written and taught to the people so that they can build the tabernacle with the detail. So Moses tells them to wait here. He knows he's going to be gone for a while. He doesn't know how long, but he knows that he's going to be gone. And he says, wait here until we return. Aaron and her are with you. If any man has difficulty, let them go to them. And he heads toward the mountain. And he goes up with Joshua. And they were up there for six days. And on the seventh day, even back at the camp, they see something. The mountain looks like it's engulfed in flames. And the Lord calls to Moses, and he calls him up to the top of the mountain. And there, the Lord gives him all the instructions for the tabernacle for its construction, that it's to be made from contributions from the people that are free will, and that he describes all the furnishings and the, and the construction of it, the Ark of the Covenant, the table for bread, the golden lampstands, the tabernacle tent, the bronze altar, the outer courtyard, the oil for the lamp. He also describes the priest's garments and how they are to be consecrated and the altar of incense. And then the atonement tax, which is to be the same for rich or poor, because the Lord's atonement is for all equally, and the bronze wash basin, and the anointing oil and incense. He also mentions the two overseeing artisans that are going to help to, are going to be gifted in all manner of artistry and craftsmanship, and they're also gifted with the ability to teach and they are going to be teaching and directing the building of this tabernacle. And then he mentions the weekly Sabbath. He mentions it as a reminder of the Lord who sanctifies. This is the only place in the Bible that the Sabbath is to be a reminder of the Lord who sanctifies. And it's fitting because he just described the tabernacle service and all the sacrifices that are going to be done on that. It's not the blood of bulls and goats, but ultimately it is the Lord who sanctifies. And they're not to do any work. When they 
construct this tabernacle, they are to observe the weekly Sabbath. And then it says, And when he had made an end of speaking with him on Mount Sinai, he gave Moses two tablets of the testimony, tablets of stone, written with the finger of God. But that's not all that happens on the mountain. The Lord says, Go, get down, for your people whom you brought out of the land of Egypt have corrupted themselves. And the Lord says, Let me alone, that I may consume them, and I'll make of you a great nation. Moses pleads with the Lord. He doesn't know exactly what happened, but he says, Why does your wrath burn so hot against your people whom you brought out of the land of Egypt? With great power and with a mighty hand, why should the Egyptians speak and say, He brought them out to harm them, to kill them in the mountain, and to consume them from the face of the earth? So Moses pleads, turn from your fierce wrath and relent from this harm to your people. Remember Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, your servants to whom you swore by your own self. Moses is pleading for the people, but not so much on their behalf or even his behalf, but on God's behalf, on behalf of his reputation. What are the Egyptians going to think? What is the rest of the world going to think about this God? And the Lord relents. Moses gets down the mountain probably quickly. Golden calf incident. Covenant broken. So meanwhile, what is happening back at the camp? Well, the people are getting anxious. It's been almost 40 days. and They haven't seen Moses yet. They're filled with worship energy. And they want to worship. And they don't think Moses is coming back. So they get Aaron, and they tell him, make gods, make us gods that shall go before us. As for this Moses, we don't know what happened to him. They have that worship energy, and they want to worship. So Aaron takes their gold, puts it in a pot, melts it down, and then he takes a tool, and he makes a golden calf. Then he sets up an altar, and he declares, Tomorrow is a feast to the Lord. He is declaring his own feast day. Now the very next morning, he sets up an altar, and he says, This is the God that brought you out of the land of Egypt. Now the people still believe they're worshiping God, that God that brought them out but they have a physical manifestation of that God. And it says, after their worship ceremony, they ate, and then they rose up to play. Meanwhile, Moses appears, and Joshua hears what's going on, and he says, there's a noise of war in the camp. And Moses replies, it's not the sound of defeat or the sound of victory. It's the sound of singing. Now they come out, and they've been on that mountain for 40 days and 40 nights without food and water. And they come, and when they get close to the camp, Moses is furious. 
he throws down the tablets of stone and he goes over to the golden calf and he melts it and pulverizes it and takes it and spreads it on their drinking water. Then he confronts Aaron. He says, what did this people do to you that you have brought so great a sin upon them? Of course, Aaron blames the people. He says, well, you know these people are evil. And then he lies. He says that the calf just somehow appeared when he had put it in the fire, when actually he had made it using a tool. So Moses calls and says, whoever is on the Lord's side, come to me. And the people come to him. And the Levites arm themselves. And he orders them to go out throughout the camp and to slay their brother. And about 3,000 men fell that day. Then Moses says to consecrate yourselves today to the Lord, that he may bestow a blessing on this day, for every man has opposed his son and his brother. So the people wash and consecrate themselves. Atonement plea, covenant craved, the fifth encounter. Now Moses says, you have committed a great sin. So now I will go up to the Lord. Perhaps I can make atonement for your sin. So this is his fifth time up the mountain. And he meets with the Lord and he says, these people have committed a great sin and have made for themselves a God of gold. Yet now, if you will forgive their sin, but if not, I pray, blot me out of the, your book, which you have written. And the Lord says, whoever has sinned against me, I will blot him out of my book. He tells Moses that he's to lead the people out of that place and that his angel is going to go with him. But he also says that it's a stiff-necked people and he's not going to go with them lest he consume them. Moses goes back down the mountain and he brings that news back to the people and he says, the Lord is not going to go with you because the Lord knows that they are going to do the same thing and he doesn't want to get in his anger to consume these people. And when the people hear that news that the Lord is not going to go with them, they are very, very sad. They remove their ornaments and they humble themselves. Tent of meeting, covenant conversations. So what does Moses do? He takes a tent and he pitches it way away from the camp. And this tent is called the tent of meeting or the tent of Moed. Moed are the sacred meeting times, God's appointment times. And anyone who wants to meet goes out to this tent of meeting. Those who want to speak with God and meet with God. And Joshua, though, stays behind. He stays inside there all the time. Moses goes back and forth. But whenever... Moses goes out to meet with the Lord. All the people stand at the entrance of their tents and they just wait until Moses enters the tent of meeting. Now one time when he was in there speaking with the Lord, he says, show me your way that I may know you. He gets really intimate conversation with the Lord. He wants to get closer 
And he wants to know that that covenant promise is not totally dissolved and that the Lord still loves them. It still loves him. He says, show me your way that I may know you and that I may find grace in your sight. And the Lord says, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. But Moses is not happy about that. No, what, what about us, us as a people, being separate from all the people who are on the face of the earth? You know, that part of the covenant promise. What about that? If your presence doesn't go with us as a people, don't bring us up from here. And the Lord implies that he'll do that, that he'll renew the covenant. Because he says, because Moses has found grace in my sight, and I know you by name. Moses' plea for the people seemed to be effective. But God knows Moses by name, but does Moses know God by name? Moses asks the big question. He wants to get close to God. He wants to know the Lord even more intimately. He wants to know him by name. And he says, please show me your glory. And the Lord responds favorably. He says he will show him his glory. And he's going to pass before him and he's going to proclaim his name. But he says, you cannot see my face. For no man sees my face and lives. He also seems to make it known that it's a favor. He says, I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious. And I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. But he's answering Moses. He's answering his request. So the Lord tells him to cut two tablets of stone, just like the first, and I will write on the tablets the words that were on the first tablets, which you broke. He's going to show that he's serious about renewing this covenant. He's going to write the exact same words. He also tells Moses to be ready to come up in the morning and to present just himself, but no one else is to come even near the mountain. He says, don't even let the flocks or herds feed there because he's going to be coming down to show his glory. Glory and grace revealed, covenant renewed, the sixth encounter. So Moses takes those tables of stone that he made himself, and he carries them up the mountain. You can see this second time, it's a little bit more effort. He has to carry them up as well as down, and he had to prepare them. God wants us to make that more effort that second time. And Moses is shielded by the rock as the Lord had instructed him. And the Lord also places his hand over him and turns his backside. And then he releases his hand and shows Moses his glory. And then he proclaims his name. He says, the Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abounding in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, by no means clearing the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation. This is the Lord's name. And in one fluid movement, Moses bows his head to the earth and worship. Then Moses asks his request. He says, pardon our iniquity and our sin and take us for your inheritance. In other words, renew that covenant. 
And so the Lord says, Behold, I make a covenant. He's going to renew it. And he starts out saying he'll do marvels such as has not been done in the earth. He is going to take care of them. He's going to drive out these other nations. But he also tells them that when he destroys those other nations and brings them into the land, that they're to destroy all their altars and break all their sacred pillars and cut down their wooden groves. And they are to worship no other God. For the Lord, whose name is Jealous, is a jealous God. This is a name that he left out from the initial names, but he's adding it here. And it's a name that they especially need to hear. And then the Lord reiterates 10 items that are almost identical, almost verbatim, to the last words that he spoke on that great day of the assembly that third time that Moses had come up the mountain right before the covenant ratification ceremony. He tells them to make no molded gods, to keep the feast of unleavened bread, that all the firstborn of the sons and animals and the firstfruits belong to the Lord, to rest the Shabbat on the seventh day of the week, and to keep the feast of firstfruits and the feast of ingathering, and that the blood of my sacrifice is not to be offered with leavened bread, and that there's no Passover sacrifice left until morning. There we can see that he is talking about the Passover. He says that in this time. And the first fruits of the harvest to the Lord. And do not boil a kid in its mother's milk. When you look at these, they're almost verbatim and almost in the same order as was mentioned earlier during the third encounter. And it says, write these words, for according to the tenor of these words, I have made a covenant with you and with Israel. And he wrote on the tablets the words of the covenant, the ten words. It says, the dabar of the covenant, the ten dabar. And Moses comes back down. And his face is glowing because he's seen the glory of the Lord. And he's been up on the mountain another 40 days and 40 nights without food and water. And when the people see him, they're alarmed. They couldn't look at him directly. In fact, from then on, Moses would have to put a veil on his face whenever he would speak with the people because his face was glowing. And he relays the words that the Lord has told him. And he tells them that work should be done on six days, but on the seventh day shall be a holy day for you. You shall kindle no fire throughout your dwellings on the Sabbath day. Why is he telling them about the Sabbath? Well, they're going to be starting work on the tabernacle, and they're not to do any work on Sabbath when they are building this tabernacle or any time else. And it's interesting how this tabernacle has the same name. It's called the Tent of Meeting or the Tent of Moed or the Tent of God's Sacred Appointment Times. It's the Tabernacle of the Tent of Moed. Tabernacle construction. This is where the covenant conversations are to continue. God's con to meet with them in this tabernacle and continue to teach them 
all that he wants to guide them to be their God so that they can be his people. And the tabernacle construction goes forward with Bezalel and Aholiab, the two gifted artisans who are gifted in all manner of work and who are instructing the building. On the first day of the first month, one year after the Exodus, the tabernacle of the tent of meeting was set up, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And whenever the cloud rested on the tabernacle by day and the pillar of fire by night, the children of Israel ceased their travel. But whenever the cloud and fire were lifted, they journeyed on. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Sabbath School Gems. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, give us a rating, and spread the word to others. Comments and questions can be sent to us at sabbathschoolgems at gmail.com. Bye for now.